Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode. Today on the podcast, I interviewed Preston Pugmeyer, and Preston is a coach, a mentor, an inspirational speaker. He is someone that is able to bring you these mindset shifts and things to to help you really change your thought patterns. And I first experienced this by listening to his podcast, which is called the Next Level Life Podcast. And if you have not ever listened to his podcast, I do suggest going and listening to that. But when I first started listening to his podcast, that is when I started to realize the power of personal development and mindset and how you have the ability to shift your mindset at any point. So I loved having this conversation with Preston. You're going to hear all the things imposter syndrome, um, comparison, anxiety, um, so many different stories from his end and my end. They're just such a good conversation that I think that you're going to really like and want to really take note on. And if you are loving this episode, tag me in your Instagram stories. I cannot wait to hear what you loved about it. So without further ado, I'll see you inside. I'm Mindy Hancock mindset and life coach, and you're listening to the Bold Ambition Podcast. This podcast is a high vibe, expansive space for the bold, ambitious, badass, whatever it takes woman. Settle in. Let's do this thing. Welcome, what up? Today on the podcast, I have Preston Pugmire. Hello, Preston. Hey, everybody. Hey, hey. Okay, guys, for those of you who do not know Preston, Preston is a coach, mentor, and podcast host of the Next Level Life podcast. And he is an award winning inspirational speaker. And he lives in Idaho with his wife and two little kiddos. So, welcome. Thank you so much. You got everything right. Everything yeah. I agree with all that stuff. <laughs> So anyways, uh, first and foremost, welcome and thank you for being here. But second thing, I just want to first dive in and see if you can give the listeners a background of who you are, where you came from. I know that it's been like a journey and what led you to this point of being a coach, a mentor, inspirational speaker, podcaster, like who is Preston? Preston. Okay. You want to know who Preston is? I am a powerful, kind, joyful man of light and I embody inspiration and creativity so that through my life, I can testify of the living God so that all his children feel self-worth. That's my mission. That is my mantra. And that's what I do. That's how I show up every day. There's a lot of things that led me to this point, but I'll just leave with that. So there you go. So what I, I mean, I grew up in Idaho. I really, really wanted to be a musician when I was a kid. I learned how to play the guitar, loved it, was in bands, released records and stuff like that. Then I started solo things like just performing solo. And then I got into this thing called NACA, which is performing at universities and colleges all over the country. And I went to a personal development conference kind of by accident this one time, and it effing changed my life. And I had this realization, this is about 10 years ago, I had this realization, this huge breakthrough aha moment, one of the biggest of my life, that I can do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. And I know that might sound obvious because we've all read that on a poster at a dentist's office, but like (laughs) this 
it, I actually heard it in my soul for the first time. And six months later, I was the number one booked musical act on the college and university circuit in the entire country. And it just like happened. And I love, love, loved it. And then I did that for a while. And I started, um, <laughs> I know it sounds interesting, but I, I started to get less and less enthused and fulfilled by just performing, just the music aspect of it. And so I started kind of experimenting with putting personal development principles into my show. Like, for example, the, the way that it, it naturally allowed itself to flow was I, my parents divorced when I was nine and I wrote a song about it. But I wrote a song about my journey emotionally through coming to the realization that that experience was perfect for me instead of like messed me up and derailed me. Right. What I believed for a long time. And so the, the song is about creating the mental belief and state that everything that is happening is actually for your higher good. And if you can get into that state in the moment, it, it allows you to get through it way quicker. So that was kind of what the song is about. So I would talk about this in the context of performing but I would also talk about it in the context of you can do these things no matter what your situation is and then play the song. And then I started you know, kind of like threading things like that into the performances. And I found that people were coming up to me after the shows and talking to me less and less about the music and more and more about the breakthroughs. Mm -hmm. And then it turned into a natural transition of creating a keynote address that I would talk to youth like leadership, like there's these conferences for youth leadership all over the place. And I would do speaking engagements there. And I would put a little bit of music into my keynote rather than a little bit of keynote into my music, which I was doing before. So I switched those. And then I just, a lot, a lot, a lot of other stuff happened. And then last year I decided to just effing do it. And I launched my podcast, launched my coaching business and everything has taken off from there. But it, so that's like a short version of all the stuff that I've yeah. done. Okay. So I'll say too that I think that you might know this. I think I might've told you this, but um, when I, like I have dabbled in the personal development world here and there, and there was a point in my life that I thought I didn't need it, that I thought that I'm good. Like, what is this? Like, I'm going to better myself. I'm good already. Like I didn't understand it. It was very, I was ignorant to the world of it. And I just, I remember joining a network marketing company and they were very into like personal development and all of that. And I just still thought that I didn't need it. So I would here and there try things. Well, then I felt a shift coming at, and like for me to kind of walk away from the network marketing world. And I didn't really know why, but I remember um, somehow I came across your Instagram and I think that it might've been through Colin Karchner, but um, mm -hmm. I love Colin, but anyway, so I think I came across it through there, listened to that podcast that you had him on. And then that was the first, your podcast was the, was the first podcast that really launched me into like personal development world and just like going all in. Oh, because, wow. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. I, and I remember like, okay, like just listening. And then I remember the first time I ever listened to it. I remember I was on spring break at, from my full-time job. So I remember just like really diving in and thinking like, okay, this stuff makes sense. And like, um, so it, first and foremost, let me just say like your podcast totally launched my, um, life into this 
personal development world and changes and growth and all that stuff. And I thought, okay, this is the first time I really thought, hmm, this makes sense. And listening to your podcast is like an easy, your podcast is really easy to listen to. It's not like a, sometimes it just depends. It just depends. Some podcasts I can't listen to, but yours is very like just easy to listen to and flow and follow. But, um, so guys, if you haven't listened to go listen to the next level life podcast, but anyway, so moving on one of the one, one of the podcasts that like really, really stuck with me, um, was the podcast you talked about the word unless. Yeah. And, and so like that one is like the one that I was like, Oh my gosh, like, this is so true. Like if I want to do this, but I'm scared, but what if, unless, unless it's not scary or unless like just started trying to retrain my thoughts and retrain my brain around that. So I would love for you to kind of dive into that a little bit and kind of give the listeners, which they need to go listen to the episode number one. And, but cause you'll get the full episode there, but I do want to get into this word unless and what the story behind it for you, because it was so powerful for me. Thank you so much. First of all, I love that you, I am honored that that, that podcast would launch your kind of like interest in getting really, really back into it or really getting into it in the first place. Thank you for telling me that. Yeah. I, that's really cool. The, the, you said something interesting. You said, I, I was resistive to it, to personal development in general, because I thought, oh, I don't need to improve. I think that that is such a fascinating admission. And I, I admit that as well. I was like, I, I thought, okay, I mean, I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm, my life is good right now. And the thing is, it was good. My life was good. But that doesn't mean that there's not more. And so one of the things that's really interesting is that personal development inherently involves, like, recognizing that there is more. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that what you have is not enough. There's this kind of issue... I am so sorry about that. It's, it's fine. <laughs> it happens. There's this, there's this issue that our ego has to go through, mm-hmm. which is recognizing that the, the eagerness for more doesn't come at the expense of happiness now. Right. And when you do that, the ego loses its effing mind because it wants to protect what it's already created. But anyway, I just wanted to say that because I love that you said that. But as far as unless... Yeah. Dude, unless the word unless, if you want to listen to the episode, it's called The Word That Changed My Life. It's episode number five on the Next Level Life podcast. And this is basically the story. I'll give a shortened version of the story, but I had a tonsillectomy and there were some complications with it where one of the one of the scabs or something like that like burst open in the middle of the night and I was bleeding into my stomach through my throat. It was pretty intense actually. And I woke up in the morning and I realized that I had been bleeding all night long and just swallowing it. And I didn't know it, it was just kind of running into my stomach. And I know that's aggressive for what we're talking about. On the podcast. <laughs> this is what happened, man. Yeah. And, and so I was, I couldn't like walk cause I had lost so much blood. I think I had swallowed, I believe the scientific term is all all of the blood in my entire body was in my stomach. And so I couldn't really walk and I was throwing up blood like four or five times during the course of the morning. And it was, I was in such a state that I was like, I can't even get to the doctor's office to get this fixed because it's 30 minutes away and I can't be in a car for 30 minutes because 
I, where do I put all the blood? Anyway, it was just like ridiculous. And so I went to a different doctor, blah, blah, blah. And it was really close to my house and he was going to cauterize it, but it was in the very, very, very back of my throat. And there were all these issues happening and he couldn't get back to it. And I was like gagging and all this different stuff. And he left the room and I just said, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to go to the ER and get put under and have to go to this other surgery. And I was like, this is just, it's becoming out of control at this point. And so I said, and I just put my head down and I said, I just have such a bad gag reflex. And then I like, listen, it was like a, I heard myself say it. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I watched myself say that. And I was like, you're just focusing on all of your limitations and you are being a victim to your own gag reflex right now. Mm -hmm. So what if that wasn't the case? And so I just said, unless I don't. And it just opened up all the possibilities because the word unless doesn't trick you. It simply gets you thinking at a completely different level, thinking at the level of the solution, thinking at what is possible. So I said, okay, the next question is, what would it look like if I didn't have the gag reflex? What would it look like if I could just do this? Mm -hmm. I said, oh, well, I would just be in control rather than that being in control. Right. And I would handle this right now. And I said, go get the doctor. And like, this is a very physical, tangible example of this principle, but there's so many other micro level ones and emotional level ones. But bottom line, he came back in and I said, guess what? I do, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm pale and I have blood everywhere. I'm like, I don't have a gag reflex anymore. And he, and he goes, okay. Like very confused. I said, do it. And so he put this thing clear down in my throat and burned, like cauterized it. And it was like nothing. I just opened my mouth and he did it back in my throat. Done. And, and he goes, okay, it's done. And I was just like, it was that easy the whole time. All of the things that I went through with my mindset, just like going into worst case scenario mode, getting frustrated about the possibility of having to go back to the ER and how, how expensive that's going to be and all this other stuff. Plus I'm like sick, I'm throwing up all over the place. And it's just all of that that I went through was completely unnecessary. Yeah. And, but it took that for me to get to the point of, oh, it didn't have to be that hard. And now I feel like it, I, it cost me that that amount of trauma in at that situation to learn that lesson in a really in like tangible, aggressive, intense way. And now I apply it before things get to that point. And I just say, you can say anytime you think a limiting thought or you have say a limiting phrase that is focused on why you cannot do something or why you cannot change or why your situation is not ideal. If you just say, unless it is, unless it isn't, unless they don't, unless I can, like just say the opposite and all of a sudden you're in a world of possibilities. So that's the unless principle. And it is the best. I mean, the power of like just changing your thought process and your mind. And, and the, the funny thing is, is that when you realize that you do have the power to retrain your thought process and process and your mindset and 
the way that you believe and think and everything like it, it is powerful to really like realize that you do have that control. That's amazing. Absolutely. How, how have you applied it? Like what is something specific? I'm really interested. The unless, okay, just, it's honestly the, just the ability to everything that I have done and the journey that I have been on in the past, like six to eight months, um, all of that, because everything like, well, I can't invest. Like I can't, like, I don't have the money. I don't have like the resources, like, how am I going to do this? Well, then it was like, well, unless I can, how can I figure this out? Yeah. Like, and somehow you do and it happens. And it, I think too, it helped me realize too that when I, cause a lot of times I am very type A and like want to be in control of all the things. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not in control, then I feel a little bit crazy. Like I need to know how I'm going to get there. I need to know, I need to know the how a lot of the times and I've realized that sometimes I can't, I don't know. I don't have to know the how, I don't know how, I don't have to know all of that. So when I said, you know, I don't know how I'm, I can't pay this or I can't do that or I can't watch my coaching program or my coaching business because I, who am I, you know, like that, there was a lot of stuff going through my head. Like, how can I do that? So not only using the unless principle and like saying, well, unless I can, or unless, you know, who am I, that not only allowed me to think, think about it differently, but then it allowed me to also kind of let go of the how, because a lot of times I would try to still, I would say, okay, well, unless I can, but then the back of my mind, Mindy is like, but how are you going to do this girl? Like how? Because I always wanted to be in control. So yeah. not only using that unless principle and like training my mind a little bit differently, but also figuring out how to release the how and just not being in control of all the things all the time because I can't be. And that, that helped the growth and the shifts and seeing things happen when I wasn't expecting them to happen. Because it's I just kind of Yeah. Well, the, as far as the, the how goes, I was listening to your episode with, um, I can't remember her first name, Rodenizer, mm -hmm. the podcast episode, and you were talking about the law of attraction and how it relates to just like releasing and creating. Just, uh, and that to me is exactly what you have to do to really really tap into using law of attraction to your benefit is release the how. And so when you are focusing on what you can control, there are so many things you can control. And then there are also so many things you cannot. Right. And the, the trick is complete and total release, allow, surrender to the things that you cannot control and complete 100% focus laser focus on the things that you can that's it mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and I've, I've always been the one who wants to control all the things like all the way down to you know every single penny in your bank account or like every single thing I needed to have my hands on and finally realizing that some things are just out of your control and it's okay it's okay to release it and just see what happens on the other side of it because a lot of times when I feel like my I feel like my grasp is so strong on things and I'm trying to control it all. That's when things don't go my way <laughs> because I, I'm, I'm choo like I'm choosing to control it, but because I can't, it's not going to go, the I really shouldn't be controlling it. So it never really pans out the way you want it to. But if you just release it, a lot of times things happen and line up the way that they should or the, or in your favor, some, you know, not every time, but a lot of times in your favor. Um, 
and you didn't have to like stress and, you know, control and have this like death grip on all the things so that you can make it happen. Exactly. There's, <clears throat> there's this, <laughs> it's a really cool, like old parable or maybe it's not a parable, but it's in this children's book that I read my son and it, is, it just came to mind when you were talking about that. And there's this guy who he's an old farmer in an old town somewhere long ago. And he loses a horse. One of his horses runs away and the neighbors say, Oh man, that's bad news. And he goes, maybe. And then he, and then the next day the horse comes back and it brought with it three other wild horses. So now he's got four horses and his neighbors say, that's such good news. And he goes, yeah, maybe. And then while they're trying to tame the horses, his son falls off of the horse and breaks his leg. And the neighbors say, oh man, such bad news. And he goes, maybe. And then the next day, the army comes to recruit him. This is a long time ago, but they recruit him and they can't take the son away because he has a broken leg. So he doesn't have to join the army. And the neighbors say, such good news. And he goes, maybe. And then the next thing is the son is just sitting inside all day, like not helping at all. And then the old man has to do all the work. Mm. But, but bottom line is like, what, what is good news? What is right. bad news? Like if you have this idea of, oh, that's such good news or, oh, that's such bad news, then you are assigning meaning to it. And when you assign meaning to something, then you are trying to control it. And our ego loves assigning meaning to things. It is so like integral to its survival. And when you say, oh, this, I can just allow this to be, I don't have to make it be good or make it be bad. I can literally allow it to be. And it's however you choose to look at something. And, and so when I am able to release the meaning of something and release the control, then I feel peace in my heart. And that is the only thing that really matters. And I can bring that peace to every situation rather than making that peace contingent on external situations which is what I'm doing when I assign meaning to things. Absolutely. I like that you said that because a lot of times we, it goes back to, I mean, I love Rachel Hollis too. And she says, um, you know, life is either happening for you or to you. And that kind of says this, like, to me, that's the same thing. Like we can assign that, Oh, this happened. What happened is so bad. And you know, why is this happening to me? Or this was good and I'm so excited that it's happened or it can just be that it happened. It doesn't have to be good. It doesn't have to be bad. So I love that you said that because it also kind of, it trains your thoughts in a different way too, because instead of saying like how, instead of focusing on how bad something was, then we don't have to really focus on it at all. Because like you said, it just assigns this meaning to it that you don't really need to assign to it. So then your, then your, your energy is somewhere that doesn't really need to be, Anyway, so like, it's just kind of like also conserving your energy where it needs to be. It doesn't need to be focused on the bad thing that you're saying happened. Well, that's not useful at all. And I'll I'll say this, it's, it's a practice, Mm -hmm. just like learning a language, learning an instrument, preparing for a marathon, what, whatever it is, everybody that's listening to this has a skill that they've developed over time where they were not good at not good at it at first and then they're better at it now and it becomes 
just second nature at some point, like playing the piano or driving a stick shift. Dude, how much energy do you spend when you get into a stick shift car now thinking about where the gears and where the clutch and all this stuff, like you spend zero energy thinking about that because it's just what you do. Whereas when you're 15 and you're learning, you're like, okay, engage, put gear, release gas, uh, and then you, and then all this stuff. And it's the same thing with personal development, same thing with allowing emotions, same thing with not assigning meaning, same thing with all this stuff. At first, it's going to be so different and uncomfortable with, with saying, oh, that's not good or bad because it's so different and it's going to take a lot of effort, a lot of emotion, a lot of intention, and a lot of energy. And then practice, 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 practice at the end of it, or not the end of it, several years later, you're able to just do that on autopilot while you focus on other things that are going to move the needle for you and you can have your emotions in check. Whereas when, uh, when I began, they were effing all over the place and I was like, I should know better. You know how many times I beat myself up because I have a personal coach now. I shouldn't be feeling this way. I am a personal coach now. I shouldn't be feeling this way. I've been to the Tony Robbins seminar. I shouldn't be feeling this way. It's effing useless. You just got to sit with your emotions and be compassionate with yourself along the process. Mm-hmm. And that's, that is more than half the battle is being compassionate about your, wherever you are along the journey. Gosh, there are so many things that you just said that I'm like, okay, I need to talk. I need to tell you this. Okay. So two things <laughs> now you made me realize that in my very first car was a 1972 Volkswagen Beetle, mm-hmm. obviously stick shift. And I remember I was, it was the hardest stick shift I've, it was so hard. And even my mom would say, and my dad would say, this is, it's actually really hard. It was so hard to get into reverse. It was just the worst thing. I had like two hands to get into reverse. And I remember like being on my way to, to school one day and I couldn't, I could not like get it into the next gear. I couldn't get it out of reverse. I couldn't, I mean, it was just horrible. And I remember it was raining and I remember calling my mom and saying, come and get me. And I don't want this car anymore. And I walked away from it and I've never, like I sold it. It was the coolest car ever. I never drove a stick shift again. So now at 33 years old, 2019 goals, learn how to drive a stick shift. (laughs) I love that. Okay. Because now I just realized like, what if I'm stranded and my only, like, what if I have to help someone and I need to drive a stick shift? Yeah. I walked away from it because I was 16 and I was frustrated and I didn't allow myself to, I just told myself I couldn't do it. Dude, how many people abandon their goals or they're even going into the law of attraction or whatever that is, starting a business, starting whatever, they abandon it because they have that moment where they're like, "This, I can't get this in reverse. I don't want to have anything to deal with this. And so as a result, you walk away from, now I know that in this analogy, a 1972 <laughs> is your dream life, but yes. like, pardon that analogy, but for reals, don't walk away from something because it's hard. Um, yeah. That's a really, really cool example <laughs> that you have that's very, very poignant. That's great. Yeah. 
I didn't even like it. You're you saying that just like made me realize, oh yeah, that is true. That totally happened. So then I just sold it because it was super cool. Totally rent it, like redone, refurb. Everything was just, it was such a cool car. And so I sold it like super fast and then got a car that was automatic. So <laughs> never had that issue again, but um, yeah, 2019 goals. But the next thing that I was going to say was that you were talking about how you know, you're thinking like, why am I feeling this now? I'm a coach or now I'm, I have a coach. Like I shouldn't be going through these things. And I remember, gosh, it's so true because when I first started down the coaching journey and I launched my first, um, program, but I was actually, yeah, I launched my first program and I was talking about overwhelm and trying to help these women through overwhelm and burnout and like just trying to help them cope because as like, I've always been a busy person. Like I've always had a full-time job, always had some sort of side hustle, going to grad school, whatever. Luckily I'm not in grad school anymore. That's done. But just like trying to just doing all the things and trying to figure out how I could balance it all and like not be overwhelmed and not be burned out. And so I was teaching these women on how to do this and the things that I had talked about. And, um, I remember I did it my last training and that after that night I had totally had an anxiety attack. And I remember like, I'd never had one in my life, but I've always like just been able to deal with like my little what I thought was just a little bit of anxiety on my own. My husband didn't know. Nobody knew. I just was like able to deal with it on my own. And it like just came to a head after that last training. And I remember saying, I'm a fraud. I can't teach these women how to deal with overwhelm. I'm over here having an anxiety attack. And my husband's like, first of all, that is like, it is different anxiety and overwhelm are different. Like, you know, it's okay. But I remember that was my first instant was like, I'm a fraud. I can't, I can't help these women. And so that is something that I remember thinking, I, I shouldn't feel this way. And being, and just allowing myself to work through it and figure out how to get on the other side of it actually helped me because now I can help someone else. Like I know how I walked through it. So it was just, it was, kind of, I like that you said that because it was exactly what my instant thought was. I'm yeah. a fraud. I can't help people. I shouldn't be feeling this way because I have you know, I have a coach and I'm also now coaching these women on how to do X, Y, Z. And I'm over here panicking and having this meltdown, like a three-year-old. <laughs> so like, what is this life right now? So, yeah. So what did you do? What were your steps? Honestly, um, that night I cried it out and talked to my husband and went, like went to bed and finally made, like finally went to sleep. The next day, my mom's a nurse and I talked to her about it. Um, and then just figuring out that like I'm in control. I, I am in control. I just have to, I just have to retrain my thoughts and realizing that what was happening at that moment, like the feelings that I was feeling or the thoughts that were making me feel that way, were they real? were they in control? Like, because establishing, like, if it was just a silly thought that for some reason was giving me anxiety or was it real? Because sometimes the majority of the time for me, it was something that was not even like, it was not even something that was actually real or reality. It was just something kind of like that would just give me a little bit of anxiety, something that I couldn't control anyways. And it wasn't always reality anyway. So just re like trying to retrain my brain. Like when I would feel that, okay, is this really happening? Okay. Is this 
is this really what you're, is this really going, like, is this happening in your life or is this not happening? And if it's not, then you're done, like move past it and trying to just retrain how to get through it versus, okay, if this is really happening now, what do we need to do? What do we need? Like, who do we need to talk to? How do we need to work through it versus, cause I've all just internalizing and then allowing it to just like combust. <laughs> and so, so what, is, what is really happening mean? I, I'm genuinely curious cause you're talking about, is it real? What is the it in that sentence that you're okay. talking about? For me, I think a lot of times I would focus on things that were not, um, that were not happening. They were things that could happen. So, um, let's say like more so around the lines of like, uh, maybe like, I'm going to say, let's say my parents, I started to think like, Oh, I'm getting older. They're getting older. They're like thinking of thought process of like one day they're going to die. That is, that is so horrible to say right now and to think and like, but that was something that would cross my mind and would cause me anxiety. And so then I realized it's not happening right now. And me thinking that is only going to take away from the time for me to enjoy that I have. I mean, I'm 33. Let's, they might live till they're 95. So let's, that's what I'm hoping for. So, um, but things like that, that weren't, actual reality and I don't know there are tons of people that probably deal with like these weird like I, sometimes I would say that they were OCD thoughts on some things that I would have but just things like that that weren't reality that I would just fix, I would have my brain think about and I would be like oh okay and I used to let allow it to control me and now it's like is that really happening okay no it's not so it's not happening so we can move forward and, and not fo focus on something that's not happening. Okay. What, and then for you, what would you do if it is happening? If then, it is whatever it was, then I might at that point, you know, talk to like a lot of times I think I held it all in. So that's where I would never actually, I would never communicate or never verbalize anything. I held it in. So then having that, having it out, to especially my husband allowing that to just like, Hey, we've been together 15 years. Yes. I've been holding this in for 15 years, but I'm just going to tell you now. And so now it's like, this is what I'm going, like, this is what's going through my head right now. And so I'm just going to tell you. And so now just being able to communicate it versus, you know, holding it in. Holding. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <clears throat> if you, if you won't mind, I have a little bit of a different approach to it. Yeah. And I, we can talk about this. Um, when I hear you say, like, I had that experience of I felt like a fraud, then when I look at your approach about how you, you dealt with it and what you did, the steps, whenever anything works, I like to go back and say, okay, awesome. What specifically did I do? What did I not do? What did I think? What did I not think? Because it allows me a blueprint for how to address it in the future. And for you, I see a really, the first thing you did was you felt it. Like you just allowed yourself to feel it. I think that that is the first and the most important thing that, that allows us to uh, break through a situation. And so many people don't do that. So many people don't allow themselves to experience and feel all of an emotion. And you just allowed yourself with what I assume was no judgment. You're just like, I'm feeling this. I'm just... and. Yeah, when you say I shouldn't be feeling this, that is a judgment. Mm -hmm. So if you allow yourself to experience it and that 
gets it into your consciousness because you have these subconscious feelings. And when you're talking about reality versus not reality, the, the subconscious mind cannot distinguish between reality and imagination. And so if you are thinking a thought over and over and over again, it becomes a belief and it doesn't matter if it's reality or not because it's reality for you. Exactly. So when you say, is this real? I think that that is um, not necessarily the, the best approach because you say, is this real or is it not real? Because if you're experiencing it, your subconscious is making it real for you. So that thought, that emotion, that belief, that what have you decided is your reality, it is real for you. you. That's why we get into these situations where we believe our limitations. Like if you say, I can't do something, it is your reality. And so it comes back to, do you want to accept your limitations and your reality and just because you've imagined it, it becomes your reality? Or do you want to create something that works for you? Do you want to create a completely different reality for yourself that involves starting with peace and joy rather than fear? And, and so the whole thing is, if you believe it, then it is your actual reality. And that's the whole premise of being in control of your thoughts. Because if you, with, back to the law of attraction, like the law of attraction doesn't care what you're feeling. It's a, I heard this analogy from this woman named Catherine Zenkina. It's just, it's so cool. It's like the, the soil doesn't care what seed you plant in it. The dirt, like it doesn't give a F if you plant an acorn or a raspberry or poison ivy. The soil just grows it. So the soil is the universe and the growth process is a law of attraction. Whatever you decide to put into the soil is going to grow. And it becomes your actual reality because that's what you believe. That's what you've cultivated. That's what you've planted. And that's what you're attracting all along. And so you attracted and believed and it became your reality, the, the imposter syndrome. That became your reality. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it is real or if it isn't. It was your actual reality and it was affecting your, in, your um, actions and your thoughts and your emotions and your beliefs and all of that. Right. Absolutely. That's what I got to say about that. Well, mic drop right there. <laughs> no, that was good. Now, and the imposter syndrome actually is something I wanted to lead into anyway, because I know I have felt it. And even when I first, I think everyone probably feels it at some point, especially when you're an entrepreneur and you're like diving into something and you're like, oh, snap. Like, why am I, who am I to do this? when there's so many other people out there that somebody could go to or somebody could be, I, I, they could get a mentorship from someone else or they could, I mean, who am I? Um, I'm just, I'm just Mindy. Like, so mm -hmm. trying to, to move past that and what are your, what's your thought process behind that? And like, when, when did you ever, were you ever in that state of like imposter syndrome? Like, who am I? Who, what, how did, did you ever feel that? <laughs> <laughs> I interviewed somebody for my podcast a couple of weeks ago who is this multi-million dollar guy who like just sold his chiropractic practice and hosts these masterminds. Like Lewis Howes is a part of his mastermind. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. 
that's where this guy is at. And he does all these, he, anyway, his mastermind takes place in like Greece and like these, all these amazing islands and all this stuff. And he's talking about these huge, huge financial goals and huge business goals and all this stuff. His name's Bob Murgatroyd. He's amazing. And I asked him, what do you have to let go of to get to your next level? Mm-hmm. And he said, man, imposter syndrome. Because the circles that I run in now, I've gotten to a level where the circles I run in, like there's all these people doing these unreal things. And I feel, man, do I belong in this circle? And so for me, when I let go of that, I can fully step into like owning this. And it just blew my mind. And I decided, I have come to the conclusion that the only humans that don't feel imposter syndrome are Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Beyonce. That's it. (laughs) Totally. Uh, And so if you are not Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Beyonce, which I assume are the majority of the people listening to this show and to my show, then you're going to experience imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. And to that, I say, so what? Like, if you decide, man, who am I to do this? I don't know if I'm good enough okay, what do you want? Do you want to focus on that thought? Do you want to like, or do you want to feel pity for yourself? Or do you want to just feel compassion for yourself and be like, oh man, you know what? It's okay that I felt that. What am I going to do about it? This is how I, this is how I view thoughts. (laughs) You have a negative thought and a positive thought and they are the plaintiff and defendant in a courtroom. You have the the negative thought and the positive thought. And then the judge is the universe and you are the lawyer and you walk into the courtroom and you walk through that little swingy gate and (laughs) you have a decision. You can either walk toward the negative thought and defend it, or you can walk toward the positive thought and defend it. Mm. You're the lawyer, you get to choose. And the, the universe that is the judge, the universe is going to agree with your argument no matter what it is. You have the judge in your pocket. And so are you going to go over there, sit down and say, no, your honor, listen, this is the reason I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I don't have the experience. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too fat. I'm too thin. I like blah, 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 all this stuff. Or are you going to go over and sit next to the positive thought and say, you know what? I can learn how to do this. I am in control of my thoughts. There are so many things that I've already done that I didn't think were possible. And I can use those as evidence to support the fact that I can do something new that I didn't think was possible. And I can learn. And one failure doesn't mean that I'm not good enough. It means that I just learned one way that doesn't work. And I'm going to re-aim and try again. And then the universe, which is the judge, goes, approved. Just like, just the... It hits the gavel and you're, you're good to go. Like, what do you choose? Do you choose to focus on and dwell and sit in the imposter syndrome? Or do you choose to feel it, allow it, release it, and then act on a different thought process? Mm-hmm. What are you choosing right. every single day? And that's the, that's the thing that people don't really get is that, the universe doesn't care. The soil will plant whatever. The judge will sustain whatever. You just get to choose. And so somebody says, no, 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 but you don't understand. No, no, listen, Preston, I actually have this problem. 
All right, she actually said that to me. Or my town actually has this limitation, this ordinance where I can't do this or what, whatever it is. You don't understand. I, this is actually my reality, my situation, my limitation. And I say, okay, cool. Like, do you, here's your victim of the year trophy. You, you get it. Do you, do you want, like, and then you're like, yay, I win victim of the year. Yeah, and then, wait a second. This doesn't feel good. Like, you just get to choose. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. yeah, that's all. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's all. <laughs> but yeah, for sure. Like, it's so true. And I think that we can get in our heads super easily about it and like really make these negative thoughts so much louder when it comes to imposter syndrome. And you can really come up with a really good, like you could come up with a really good list of reasons why you aren't good enough. Yes. And it it comes super easily too. But then when you're like, when you tell yourself, okay, now sit down and tell yourself why. Because I did that before I made, I didn't make myself, but I told myself when I was going through this imposter syndrome stuff and I was like, who am I to be, to, to launch this? Who am I to go down this coaching journey? Who am I to coach women? Who am I, who am I, who am I? And then I thought, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write 30 reasons why I am. Yes. I am good enough for this. Yeah. And then it completely retrained what I thought. Okay. So maybe I am not at this level, this level, or this level, or maybe I don't have the network that she has or he has or whatever, but these are 30 valid reasons as to why I can. And so that's where I was like, done. Because that, that's really, because that's how I kind of retrained and thought, okay, that all those things might be true. And, but these are 30 reasons why they're not true. You can, that's the thing is, each list, you write down a list of 30 reasons why you can't, you write down a list of 30 reasons why you can, both lists are true. Mm-hmm. That's why I say like you can sit down at either bench yeah. and argue for the, the 30 negative reasons or the 30 positive reasons. Mm-hmm. And you're right either way. You just right. get to, that's beautiful. So many people are not willing to do that. Yeah. Like somebody listening to this right now, I'm going to issue you a challenge. Write down 30 reasons why you are good enough. Write down 30 reasons or 30 huge wins that you had in 2018. Like, write them down so that you are putting yourself into a situation where you're starting to notice those things. Um, I've been studying this thing about the reticular activating system of the brain because I'm preparing for a TEDx talk that I'm doing about mindset. And it is so cool that our reticular activating system in our brain, it goes, it's a bunch of neurons that are connected to many brain parts, whatever, really scientific stuff here. And, but bottom line is it controls several things, one of which is habituation. And so it trains itself to filter out um, sensory input that it doesn't see as important. And so, but here's the deal. You get to decide what's important. How about this? When, what's the last car that you bought for you, Mindy? For me, a Jeep. Okay, a Jeep. So before you bought that, you probably didn't see a lot of Jeeps on the road. Right. And then after you bought that, did you start seeing, what color is it? It's gray. Gray. Did you start seeing gray Jeeps all over the place on the road? Yes. Yeah. They were there the whole time, but your brain just 
didn't dismiss them, but just said, okay, that's not important. We don't need to log that because we have billions of pieces of information coming to our senses every moment and it can't filter all of them. So if you all of a sudden are looking for this Jeep and you see it everywhere, the Jeeps were there before you began your exploration of the road in a Jeep, right? Same thing with our abilities, our positivity, our amazing opportunities, our enoughness, all this stuff. It's there. And we just have to tell our brain to look for it. And then your brain goes, oh, shoot, stuff is everywhere. There's Jeeps everywhere. There's reasons why we can do this everywhere. There's evidence of our greatness everywhere. You just got to be intentional about creating the situation. Mm-hmm. And then you start to see it all over the place. Yeah. So to answer your question from five minutes ago, yes, I feel imposter syndrome. <laughs> I never answered. I started talking about Rob Murgatroyd and Beyonce and The Rock. For me, yes, I feel it. And I don't think it'll ever go away. Spoiler alert, Mindy, it'll never go away for you either. Yeah. But that doesn't mean anything. It just means it's your ego trying to protect you. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Your ego has your best interests at mind, in heart, in mind, at heart, but it is just misguided because right. it doesn't understand the difference between a threat to your safety and a threat to your identity. So you just get to say, thank you so much for trying to protect me, ego. That thought came up. I recognize it. I feel like, who am I? Well, I'm Preston effing Pugmire, and I am here to make a change. And I can do it if I actually do it. And I can't do it if I decide that I can't. Right. Absolutely. And you're right. It'll never go away. And I feel like too, you know, every, every shift and every level and every like, I mean, I've heard the term new level, new devil, but it's like, I feel like you start to see it in a different way. Like, oh, well now this happens and now but now I'm not, am I good enough to do this? Like where, so it, I feel like it's never going to go away, but you're right. It's like having that ability to recognize and then move past and say like, you know, thank you. Like I'm going to let you sit right here in the passenger seat, but I see you, but I'm driving. So, so basically you're driving. Keep going. I love that. Keep going. Yeah. No, that's basically just what I was going to say. Like I'm driving. And so I'm in control. Like I see you, you're here but I'm not going to let you drive. Like this is, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. So that, that that's intentional. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So I wanted to ask you really quickly. I know yesterday you posted that um, your word, because everybody's doing the words for 2019 or their goals or their intentions or whatever. And um, your word was alignment. Mm-hmm. And I want you to tell me or tell the listeners, um, why is alignment your word for 2019? I love the word alignment. Yeah. What, what's your word? My word is visibility. That's right. Visibility. I wrote yeah. that. Okay. So <clears throat> for me, my word for 2018 was intentional because I was drifting. I really was. And then 2018 is where I got super intentional about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and how I'm doing it, which is my coaching business, my Next Level Life podcast, all of that stuff. and with 2019, alignment to me means where my thoughts and emotions and actions are all in alignment with my goals, 
my beliefs and my values. So I have goals, I have core beliefs, I have values, and if I have a thought that is out of alignment with those, then I am, it's literally like if you're riding a bicycle in the steering or driving a car and the steering is out of alignment, it's going to take you off course Mm -hmm. and you have to like fight, you have to kind of fight the wheel to get the car to go straight. So that's the problem. Like I have to, it's so much more effort for me to get to where I want to go. Like so much more effort. You have to fight that wheel. If my thoughts are not in alignment with my goals, for example, uh, if I, (laughs) if I believe that I, I have a, a financial goal and if I believe that it's possible, okay, that is possible. I'd less focused on the how and just the belief that it is possible, and then I start to look for ways to do it. But then if my thought is, oh man, that's gonna be kinda hard. That, that is a lot of money. You've never made that much money before. Yeah. Well, that thought is out of alignment. And so it's gonna take so much more effort for me to get to that goal. If my, my goal for re- relationships, connected relationships with my wife, and then I start to get annoyed with things that she's doing, and I start to like, uh, we get into a disagreement and I blame her for the disagreement and I just want to be right instead of being connected, then that thought and that emotion is out of alignment. So for me, it's about being so clear that I get to align my thoughts with my North Star, which is my goal. And it seems so obvious, but I get to be so intentional about it, so clear about it and do it every single day. Because if I don't, put that into practice as far as like set aside time to align my thoughts, like put it on my calendar, then I'm going to be drifting. And so to me, that's what alignment means. Mm, I love it. That is perfect. I, I love the, how you said that. It makes so much sense. And um, yeah, I, that was, that's a great explanation of your 2019 word. And so I am going to <laughs> actually ask you a question that I ask at the end of every podcast. <laughs> And it has to do with word, but it's not your 2019 word. So I want to ask you, what is your favorite word? My favorite word? Yeah. Um, right now, it's compassion. Okay. It really is. I, if people in my coaching programs, and I, they, <laughs> they kind of like, it's become a running joke because I, every, single, every single time somebody says something to me, I'll be like, okay, well, let's start with, and they'd be like, compassion. <laughs> no, don't dismiss it. That is the first step. Compassion is the energy of acceptance, the energy of allowing. There's no judgment in compassion. Mm-hmm. Anytime you judge, then there is, you start, it starts with yourself. Anytime you judge yourself, it immediately dams you up, it, you stops. Your progression. You cannot move forward. You cannot break through because with judgment comes like, it just stops. It's the energy of stuck. If you want to break through something, release the judgment uh, for yourself. Yeah. And that's what the energy of compassion is. And I think that it is the key to gratitude. It is the key to allowing. It is the key to like opening the flow and the key to everything, the key to peace, the key to joy. And so compassion is my favorite word right now. Love it. And question number two, what is your favorite sound? 
<laughs> my favorite sound. Um, every morning, uh, I have a so I have a five year old and a three year old, and and more more like a two year old. I don't know why I said three. She's two, but uh, so I have a five year old and two year old. And every morning when I leave uh, to go to my office, I have <laughs> it's like become like a game. Um, I used to do it where I would try to trick them into I'd be like oh, I have something in my pocket or there's something under the table. And I would reach under and I would pull out my finger and go, love you. And it would be like, a, <laughs> I would point at them really quickly. And so I would try to trick them, be like, oh, hey, what's in the fridge here? And I'd reach in and pull out my finger and say, love you and point at it. It, <laughs> it would become a race to say who could say it fastest. And then my two-year-old daughter just started doing it it, for her, it became how many times she could say it instead of how fast she could say it. So she would get her finger guns out and be like, love you, love you, love you, And my favorite sound is my two kids like competing about how fast and how many times and how quickly they could say love you to, to me as I'm leaving and I'm trying to do it back to them. And uh, it happens every morning and it's just my favorite sound in the whole world. That is the best. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, and the last one is your bedroom, your car, or your desk. What do you clean first? What do I clean first? Yeah. <laughs> what has to be clean first? Oh, what has to be clean first? Um, yeah, like what's the most important to you to be clean out of those three? My bedroom. Uh, my desk right now, I'm looking at it right now, it is not clean. I got, it's actually one of the things on my big whiteboard is organize office, clean desk. It's my task list today. But my bedroom, I think, is really, really important for me because uh, I really value um, switching off. I really value uh, being able to turn everything off and get peace, get uh, white space that's just just, uh, you know, there's so much friggin' noise, dude, everywhere. Yeah, I agree. I, one of the things I do is turn my phone off at 9.30, so it's just not a thing. And I have to be able to go into my room and feel like I can just be able to get that rest, get that reset, and I can't really do that if there's just stuff everywhere. Yeah, boundaries and being able to, yeah, I like that. And I, I definitely need to turn off my phone at a certain time. I'm, I'm horrible at that. I will say that my husband's always like, if he sees me and I'm on my phone, like past a certain time, he like walks and I'm in the bedroom and like on laying in bed on the phone, he'll say boundaries, like <laughs> boundaries, <laughs> he'll just walk past boundaries. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yes. So, um, that's like a running joke in our house. So he's, he's like the, the king of like turning off the phone. If he goes on vacation, it's off for an entire week. So he's, he does not turn it back on like that's, wow. that's his thing. He will, he can be off of his phone. No, no problem. That's okay. Awesome. So thank you so much for being here. If you can let the listeners know how they can find you, that would be fabulous. Awesome. Number one thing is next level life podcast with Preston Pugmire. That's me. Uh, it's personal development for creative entrepreneurs. If you're listening to this show, you're going to like that show. I mean, listeners of the bold ambition are going to be this the same. It's a very, very similar audience. And, the Instagram, Preston.Pugmire. And I mean, I do, I do coaching for entrepreneurs, business coaching, mindset coaching, very similar to what you do. And I have Facebook groups and stuff like that, but everything comes from the podcast. And then hit me up on Instagram at Preston.Pugmire. If you are getting something out of this, 
let me know. I love it when people tell me what they, what they took away from something. This is what I want to say. Dude, if you're listening to this, mm -hmm. not just this episode, but this podcast in general, don't let it be what Jess Lively says as inspotainment, inspiration, entertainment. Don't just listen to a podcast and be like, oh, that was good, man. I really got something out of that. What did you get out of it? How did you integrate it? What did you let go of in your life? What did you leave behind because you heard this so that you could become more of yourself? What did you get into alignment with? Like all this stuff, like take action. Don't just listen to something. Right. Because I'm, I'm done consuming things without taking action. It's, it's not, it doesn't move the needle. It just feeds your ego because you're like, oh man, I'm just doing, you know, personal development stuff. It's good. I'm listening to this podcast. Okay, cool. What are you doing? Take action, believe in yourself and make something happen. So that's what I want to say. <laughs> For sure. I love it. And I love hearing when I have people message me on Instagram or Facebook and saying like, I listened to this episode and you know, I loved it and this is what I got out of it. I'm like, that's what I, I, I want to know that. Like, I'm not just doing this to talk to myself and like, or talk, like, it's fun to interview people and talk to people, but like, I, there is a bigger picture here. Like there is a bigger goal here. I'm not just doing this, like just to do it. Like I do want people to get something out of it or I wouldn't put it out there. Mm -hmm. So like trying to like, when I get messages like that, or thank you, I'm listening to this episode and I absolutely love it. Like, I cannot wait. I have to re-listen. I need to, I need a notepad. I'm like, yes, you do. So <laughs> thank you very much for telling me. So anyway. Yeah. But uh, thank you so much for being on here. And those of you who are listening, I will see you in the next episode. Cool.